Hi, this is the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health, and I'm your host, Dr. Madged. Stopping a nosebleed can be daunting, but there are some tried and true tricks to help you do it quickly and without panic. Last week, I was abruptly awakened to the most petrifying shrieks that no parent ever wants to hear, especially in the middle of the night. One of my identical twin preschool-aged girls was screeching in terror, terrifying enough to trigger my most powerful fight-or-flight response and push it into full gear, my heart pumping fast and furious, nearly beating out of my chest. Was there an intruder in the home? And then I remember that we thankfully have a fully engaged surveillance and alarm system fit for the Pentagon. Did my girls fall off the bed then and sustain a fracture of some sort? Are they injured in some way? The worst parental thoughts were running through my mind. I instantaneously sprinted out of bed ready to take on anything in my way. And within seconds, I had invaded their room to find one of my girls dripping in a gruesome pool of blood. How did this happen? Before panicking, I realized the blood was dribbling from her nose. Yes, she had a nosebleed. I felt an immediate sigh of relief. As a physician, I realized that nosebleeds can be a rather frightening sight for both the parent and the child, but I also note that they are not life-threatening. Certainly nothing to deserve terrifying shrieks at two in the morning, but to a four-year-old, it can be undeniably traumatic. So let's learn what causes nosebleeds, how to properly treat it, and when you should actually be worried about it. But just a short word that makes this podcast possible. Did you know that you can shop for party supplies on Amazon in the comfort of your own home? As a busy physician and parent, I'm an avid Amazon shopper. And every year around this time, I start planning my twin girl's birthday party. My time is limited. So after I come up with the year's theme, I create a list on Amazon and add party supplies to it as I go. I save so much time this way. It's fast and convenient. And if you start from the banner on quickanddirtytips.com slash Amazon, you help support our network. That's quickanddirtytips.com slash Amazon and look for the banner. So first, let's learn about the anatomy of a nose. Well, the inner lining of our nasal passages are termed the nasal mucosa. The lining, not unlike the lining of our other orifices, meaning mouth, rectum, labia, etc., is smooth and it holds an underlying layer of blood vessels and its superficial layers. This surface requires moisture, and if lacking, these blood vessels are more easily palpable and irritated and can therefore bleed. The front, lower portion of our nasal passages, called the anterior segment, is by far the most common site of bleeding. This is the region that is closest in proximity to the air and our environment and the region that is most easily accessible. Therefore, it tends to mimic the surrounding air. So if you're in the desert, it will quickly turn dry. If there's humidity, it will absorb that moisture. The upper deeper portion of the nasal passages is termed the posterior segment. And nosebleeds from this region are much less common, especially in kids, albeit they're more concerning. Bleeding from the posterior region can cause severe bleeding, deeming it a more urgent situation. So now that you know a little bit about the anatomy of the nose, you may be wondering what can cause it to bleed then. Well, besides trauma, here are some more common causes. Number one, dryness. Well, like I've stated, dry weather creates the right environment to trigger nosebleeds. And those living in Southern California 
and dry climates will be more susceptible. Number two, viruses. Anything that irritates the mucosal lining of the nasal passages will also be more likely to irritate the blood vessels in the area. So upper respiratory infections, commonly due to viruses, are notoriously famous for wreaking havoc on the nose. Therefore, suffering from the common cold or flu can contribute to nosebleeds. Similarly, allergies and allergens in the air, like grass, pollen, dust, mold, cat, or dog dander, can inflame the mucosal lining of the nasal passages and cause the tiny blood vessels to bleed more easily. Number four, manual manipulation. Yes, this is just a fancy and more medically acceptable way to describe, you guessed it, nose picking. Some adults may also fancy this, but children are infamously known for exploring their nasal orifices. So it's no surprise that they are the most common population to suffer from nosebleeds. Investigating the parts of the body is really a normal stage in development and certainly nothing to deserve reprimand for. Number five, blood thinners like aspirin, anti-inflammatory drugs such as ibuprofen, naproxen, Motrin, Advil, etc., Coumadin, and other blood thinners used to treat certain heart conditions and clotting disorders can thin the blood out and cause bleeding. As a side note, never give aspirin to a child. There's a risk of Rye syndrome and liver toxicity. And lastly, other medications. Intranasal steroids, like Flonase, they're often used to treat postnasal drip from persistent allergies. And in addition to antihistamines, these two groups of drugs can dry out the nasal mucosa as well. Then the next question is, how do we properly treat a nosebleed? The first rule of thumb is, do not panic, especially if the one bleeding is your child. The last thing you want to do is to induce panic and imprint a phobia in your child's mind. Remain calm and reassure your child that the bleeding will cease. Here's how to make it so. First of all, proper positioning. Keep your child or adult facing directly forward with a slight tilt forward at the waist. The head should not be tilting down, which can cause the blood flow to drain out of the nostrils. And the head should not be tilted back either because that will only cause the blood to drain down and irritate the throat. If there's a lot of blood, it can actually block the airway. Number two, apply direct pressure to the anterior, which is the front segments of the nose, for five to 10 continuous minutes. Pressure is the number one treatment of almost every bleed. It allows the blood to more easily clot, hence diminishing the flow. Set a timer because two minutes may seem like 10 when you have a distraught child to console. Releasing the pressure too soon also will just prolong the cessation process. Number three, for those dry seasons, especially when the kids are also sick, a humidifier is a useful tool to return some of that moisture back into the air. Use water without additional additives and run it at night in the child's bedroom. Just remember that for infants less than age one, a cool mist rather than warm mist is key for SIDS prevention. For infants, also keep the humidifier from spraying directly near the crib. In addition to a humidifier, applying a thin layer of petroleum jelly using a cotton tip applicator to the anterior nares a couple of times a day can help prevent the tissue from bleeding so easily. 
And lastly, inserting a very small amount of hanging tissue paper in the affected anterior nostril and then applying pressure can also aid in the cessation of bleeding. Although, I would be careful not to shove it up any further than the anterior front portions of the nose and keep half the length of the paper hanging outside the nostril for easy removal and to avoid risking it rising up where you can't find it. Now, there are times when you actually do need to worry about a nosebleed. Nosebleeds are typically benign and easily controlled and treated. However, there are some instances where a visit to the doctor may be worthwhile. So for instance, when the nosebleeds are recurrently worrisome, like I've mentioned, many kids experience nosebleeds and many do so recurrently. But if it seems too frequent, severe, or there seems to be a pattern of progression, increased frequency or flow through time, for instance, it is enough to warrant a visit. Always err on the side of being safe than sorry when it comes to your health. Then, you may also want to see your doctor if the nosebleeds are difficult to control despite the previously mentioned steps. Remember, minimum five minutes is key. Also, it may be more worrisome if concurrent bruising, especially on other areas of the body than the lower extremities, which are very commonly bruised in healthy, physically active kids. See your doctor if injury or trauma was the inducing factor. And if you're on a prescription blood thinner, please call your doctor right away. And there you have it, nosebleeds in a nutshell. Share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest pages. And if you learned anything here today or you simply enjoy all things medical, you can also listen and subscribe to the House Call Doctor podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. But please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal doctor. Please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of The House Call Doctor. Stay healthy and catch you next time. Bye.